Welcome, everyone. This is Recovery Dharma. My name is Julia, and it is my pleasure and my privilege to facilitate this practice today. We have a couple of people who are new, and so I just want to take a quick review of what Recovery Dharma is and what we've been doing in the Spokane Sangha for the last couple of months, really, since the beginning of March, we have been exploring the theme of forgiveness. And forgiveness is an enormous topic. It is highly complex and personal. It is nuanced. And it is a lifelong process. In Buddhism, there is a very specific way to cultivate forgiveness as a practice. And we're going to work with that today. But before we do, I want to bring everybody into awareness of the bedrock of a recovery dharma practice. Namely, the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path. I want you to, and I encourage you, to play with the word noble. It isn't a common word as an adjective in our everyday conversation. And the word noble is intentional. It is a gentle calling to yourself, your incorruptible divine self that is always aspiring to grow in wisdom, joy, loving-kindness, compassion. The Four Noble Truths are simple yet profound. There is suffering in this life. There is great discomfort that we all experience as human beings. That's the first Noble Truth. The second noble truth is there's reasons for this. There are causes and conditions to our suffering and our discomfort. Some of those causes and conditions are self-made and some are not. When we understand the causes and conditions of our suffering and our discomfort, we experience a kind of harmony we suffer a little less. And to really work with these discomforts, to really understand them to the point that we are not afflicted by it, less and less to the point that we are free from it altogether, is a practice, a new way of life. And that way is called the Noble Eightfold Path. The interpretation of fold, eight-fold path, is to bring the mind into awareness that this way of life is not linear. It's not one step after another, forward in one direction. 
And it's also not to imply that if you were to take any steps backward on this path, that somehow you are failing, you are less than, you are doing something wrong. The Eightfold Path instead is a dance. And in any beautiful dance, there's a great deal of fluid movement forward and back, spinning and sideways, sometimes falling down, showing us where our balance is is off and where we can gain strength and stamina. The Noble Eightfold Path has eight very specific aspects, elements, matrixes that really help us and guide us. They are wise understanding, wise intention, wise action, wise speech, wise effort, wise livelihood, wise mindfulness, wise concentration. Forgiveness is a quality that we are cultivating. It is sister to compassion, sister to loving kindness. It is friends with gentleness and care. Forgiveness opens us up to freedom. Freedom from guilt and shame. Freedom from stories and narratives that we keep telling ourselves over and over again. Stories designed to keep us limited, shackled, contained, small. And worst of all, disconnected from our true selves and from one another. Thich Nhat Hanh said, we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. And one of the ways that we continually feed the story that we are separate is by comparing ourselves to one another they're better than me. I'm better than them. I'm worse than them. And so on and so on. When in fact, we are so much more the same. So today, we're going to play with a practice I call Just Like Me. And we're going to work with a practice of forgiveness called the Pasade practice, and it's a way of cultivating tranquility after working with a regret. And the regret that I'd like us all to bring forward is the way we judge. Now, if there's anybody out there quick to have a mind, someone in your, in your, 
in your mind, some archetype in there that's like, I don't judge. I've worked on judging. I'm through with judging. I'm done with judging. I never judge. Very clearly stated, you are deluding yourself. And just smile at that reality. Because here's the thing, friends. We judge people and ourselves all the time, sometimes in the positive. So when you say that you don't judge and you're not judgmental, that means you never pay anybody a compliment. You never notice anything in the positive, which is absurd. Of course we do. And if we're seeing and judging in the positive, we are also judging in the negative. Two sides to one thing. All of which is okay. So just like me, you judge positively and negatively. Today, bring forward a judgment, positive or negative. Bring it into your mind. I recently had an encounter with someone who was so negative about life. Life is so stupid. Politics are so dumb. Life is so hard. Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy Eeyore. That was my judgment. I'm like, wow, look at that. That just popped up into my head, totally judgmental. There it is. Grumpy. That person is so grumpy. Just like me. I'm grumpy too. I may have different expressions of grump, but I'm grumpy. And I bet you are too. Just like me. We hear a lot of sharing here about traffic and how people get easily agitated driving. So if you find yourself making a bonehead move on the highway or you're, you're seeing it in someone else, they've cut in front of you, they're driving too slow, they're driving too fast, and you catch yourself judging them, that's when you're like, oh, just like me, I've done that too. Scrolling on your phone not paying attention to somebody who's trying to talk to you. It's so annoying to witness in other people, just like me. The times that you see people, maybe your kids, your teenagers, 
rolling their eyes, not paying attention to what you're, you know, the, the incredible wisdom you're trying to impart. They just can't deal. And they're just rolling their eyes. Yeah, just like me. Now, the reason why we practice just like me is it brings us into the remediation practice of forgiveness where we're identifying something to forgive, a regret, a judgment, whatever it is. And then we're looking at how do I how do I work with this? How do I tend to this? How do I refrain this from doing this some more? How do I reframe it? And that's when we see ourselves in the same actions, just like me. And then to remediate this, to bring some ease, to bring it into a higher quality of practice, to extend this beyond ourselves. That's the whole purpose of remediation, is we tap into the Tonglen practice. Your capacity to breathe in the discomfort that someone else is experiencing recognize that you have had very similar discomfort. Let the two come together and then bring, breathe out your awareness, your ease, your loving kindness, your patience. Breathing in I see this person's depression, grumpiness, just like me. Breathing out ease, something to smile about, some little joy Breathing in discomfort, breathing out ease and joy. The fourth part of this Pasade practice is called resolve, resolution. And this is simply a moment of awareness and really a pat on the back, a nod to yourself to take stock of, wow, I have this awareness now. It's amazing, and not everybody has it. So I resolve to keep building on my awareness to bring more ease and relief to others. I don't have to be reactive the way, in the ways I always have been. I can change for the benefit of others and for myself. I don't have to flip people off on the highway. I want to, but I'm noticing that and I'm refraining from it. I'm chilling. 
I'm bringing everybody into some peace. That is cool. That is a wise thing to do. Way to go. Let's take a couple of moments of silence together as a community and observe a judgment that was made in the recent past, maybe even this morning. See yourself in that judgment, the way you have acted unskillfully, the way you have done very similar things, just like me. Breathe in the discomfort of that. Breathe out its ease and relief and space. And then resolve to keep working at it. Keep building, keep growing, keep learning for your healing and for others.
friends. The purpose of this practice and many spiritual practices like it isn't to train our minds and our thought thought processes so that we rid ourselves of conflicted and afflicted mind states. That's like saying, I'm going to be so spiritual, I no longer have to worry about being so human. Spiritual practices, instead, are the key to becoming a whole human being, to stop being at war with those parts of ourselves that make us uncomfortable, that we want to reject, that we disapprove of, and by extension, project onto other people, other human beings. So the more we can embrace and allow those aspects, those shadowy aspects of our inner landscapes to define us as whole human beings, the more we make peace with that, the more we make peace with one another. In doing so, we reduce violence and suffering in all the world. And it begins with each of us in a simple practice of noticing the way we judge, the way we disapprove of others who are just like me. Let's go ahead and end our practice. Check out the chat. You guys know the things. Um, and let's end with the, the beautiful vows of Shante Deva, provided I have them with me today. Let's see if I remembered them. I mean, I may have dropped them somewhere else. I think I did. Sorry, friends. I don't have them with me, so let's make up something on the spot. Let's just channel Shantideva, 8th century wise monk. These vows are, again, ways of just keeping at it. All human beings suffer from ignorance, cluelessness, unskillfulness, resistance, defensiveness, a myriad of afflicted mind states just like me. I vow to hold space for them, for me, in forgiveness, leniency, acceptance. All living beings want to be happy, safe, free of suffering, just like me. I vow to continue practicing, growing in wisdom, compassion, loving-kindness, joy, equanimity.
for as long as space remains. For as long as sentient beings remain. May I too remain to dispel the misery of the world. And you do. And thank you. See you next time, friends. Namaste.